Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, with the earnings season in full swing in Singapore, we want to turn our attention to look at REITs, and in particular, let's zoom in on Ames APAC REIT, which has just announced its FY 2023 results today. Now, listed on the main board of the SGX since 2007, Ames APAC REIT invests in a diversified portfolio of logistics, business parks, and industrial real estate across. APEC, including subsegments like warehouse and high tech space in Singapore and Australia. The REIT reported a 5.1% year-on-year increase in distribution per unit in FY 2023. That's a distribution yield of 7.5%. Net income, net property income rather, also surged 18.7% to $122 million for the year. Portfolio occupancy, a record high of 98%. Now, Ames APAC Reed says the numbers were driven by higher occupancy in the logistics and warehouse segment, which has seen double-digit growth across four quarters, thanks to demand coming in from third-party logistic players. But really, the question is, for how long will the logistics and warehouse segments remain defensive in the longer term? And how will leasing demand look like in FY 2024? So for more, let's speak to Russell Ng, CEO at Ames APAC Reed. Russell, welcome to the show. Hi, good afternoon, Chen Chen. Pleased to be here. Great to have you on board. And Russell, I'm sure Ames APEC REIT will be a familiar name to those who keep a lookout for Singapore-listed REITs. But we want to hear from you. Tell us more about your value proposition, your global presence and positioning among other S-REITs. Sure. Look, uh, Ames APEC REIT uh, is an industrial-focused REIT. As you mentioned, we, we are very much focused on the industrial logistics and business park segments. I would guess um, one of the key differentiating points is we have been probably one of the more active managers. Over the past decade, we've completed six development projects. We've undertaken five asset enhancement projects. And really, that sort of led to the accumulation of the results that we're seeing today. Um, Mm. Through the gradual improvement and modernization of these building specs, have we been able to achieve really record-breaking occupancy and strong rental growth across the segments. Mm. We are invested across Singapore and Australia. At the moment, Australia represents about one-third of our portfolio and Singapore two-thirds. All right. And let's zoom in on your latest financial performance released just hours ago, Russell. Uh, we saw DPU up 5.1% on year in FY 2023. Net property income up 18.7%. Distribution yield over 7% at 7.5%. So to what extent was this within your expectations and how do you think you performed relative to your peers? Look, we are certainly very pleased with our results. Um, if you look over the, the last two financial uh, periods, both revenue and MPI grew by between 16 and 18% in FY 2022 and now FY 2023. Also, in FY 2022, we achieved a 5.7% DPU growth. This year, we achieved 5.1%. And I, I would also say, if you look on a, on a half-year basis, we actually our, our half-year DPU grew by 11.3% yep. compared to the last year. So, so a very good, a very strong set of results. Very pleased, and I would say what's what's really sort of driven these results have been the acquisition of our Woolworths headquarters, which we completed mm. in Australia in November 2021, and that's really sort of helped drive the four-year contribution results, as well as the higher rent reversions that we're seeing across all segments, and in particular our, our logistics and warehouse segment. 
Hmm. And Russell, let's take a look at your portfolio occupancy, a record high 98%. Thing is that your tenant retention rate uh, is at 78% and is driven by logistics and warehouse segment. Uh, to what extent is the segment a main driver of your FY 2023 performance? And uh, why are we seeing increased demand from this group? Sure. Look, I would say really the, the, the driver of performance is not just from the logistics and warehouse segment. Mm. Um, it currently represents about 42% of our portfolio by income. We also have about 35% of our portfolio coming from our, our business park and high-tech properties, which are leased to global tenants such as Optus, Woolworths in Australia, mm. and Illumina, a global life science company, on an average balance lease term of between 7 to 10 years. And, and, and each coming with annual rent escalations of between 2.5% to 3.25%. So it, it is really a balance of, of long-term leases combined with the shorter-term leases that we're seeing with, within the logistics and warehouse segment. So it is a balance, and that provides us with, with you know, really robust earnings. Mm. Um, I would also say the other aspects that's really sort of driving returns has been our ability to convert a few multiple uh, multi-tenanted properties into master lease properties. Mm. What we've been able to do is really increase the letable area, which yeah. has also increased the overall earnings and, and ultimately also um, increase in valuation. Mm. So it's really a multi a multi lever approach in terms of, of our earnings mm. drivers this, this financial year. Yeah, and don't mind me asking about your retention rates as well, Russell. Uh, what do you think is the number one reason for your tenants to renew their leases with you? Because we are talking about retention rate of over three quarters here, and it is still at a positive rental reversion rate of thirty six point eight percent for Q four FY twenty twenty three. Sure. Look, I would say there's probably two answers to this. The mm-hmm. first one I would, is really the, the, the quality of assets. About a third of our portfolio are, are ramp-up logistics properties. And what this means, you know, it really effectively provides almost ground floor level access across multiple floors, which third-party um, operators like DHL and Schenker typically appreciate because it provides a lot more efficiency um, and also um, um, you know, pr- productivity gains by having... Um, access to these um, warehouses in, in a much more efficient manner. The other aspect that we're seeing is really a supply-demand imbalance. Um, I, I guess during the, during the COVID period, there was a, a, you know, real restriction in new developments. Mm. Construction costs has also risen by close to about 50% compared to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. So that really you know, really constrained new, new projects coming off the ground. We are now seeing development projects becoming a lot more feasible because rentals have also grown in, in tandem with construction costs. So there may be new supply that may come through, but we don't think that's going to have um, any change, in, at least in the next next four quarters. Mm. But Russell, I just want to zoom in on the logistics and warehouse segment's performance. For how long will the segment remain defensive and uh, how will leasing demand in FY 2024 look like for you? Which segments will you be focusing on then? Sure. Um, look, I'll probably start with um, with our, our sort of near um, FY24 lease expiry profile. We've got about 21% of expiries. Now, of that 21%, 19% is going to be coming from our logistics and warehouse segment. Mm. Now, typically, this segment has shorter leases of between two to four years, which really sort of um, you know, are in line with the underlying um, contract terms of our 3PL players. Now, we think there are a couple of different trends that we've observed since, since the pandemic. Firstly, um, the geopolitical tensions that we've seen between the U.S. and China has resulted in a decoupling of, of global supply chains to more local and, and regional supply. 
And so Singapore has really benefited um, from, from these particular tensions. Hmm. There are many companies in the advanced manufacturing and life science pharmaceutical industries from both the U.S. and China that are setting up operations in Singapore. And this has really led to a downstream demand of warehouse space. Hmm. We've also seen, um, I guess, during the pandemic, there were shortages of, of really essential goods and inventory, particularly things like semicon chips. And so there's also been a shift from just in time to just, uh, to just in case. And, and there has been some increase in stockpiling by some companies. So we don't see this trend changing anytime soon. And I think that that's really sort of leading to, to the strong demand for, for warehouse space in Singapore. Mm. And uh, in terms of geographies, you have provided an outlook on Singapore and Australia. Very quickly, in the interest of time, take us through uh, how do you view the markets you are in right now? Look, we think Singapore is, is, in, a, is in a very sort of positive space. Um, there has been, as I mentioned, um, quite a number of global companies, also from the advanced manufacturing space, that have been setting up um, the operations in Singapore, manufacturing plants, production plants, and, and, as well as office space. Due really to you know, the, the talent pool, skilled engineers, um, there's also a very strong ecosystem in Singapore. And I think importantly, the government support in really embracing Industry 4.0. Hmm. So, so we are seeing not only the advanced manufacturing, but also, as, as I mentioned, companies in the life science and pharmaceutical industries really sort of driving demand in, in the industrial space. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I think, I, I guess, if you look across Australia, um, mm. the Australian market, um, look, it, it's been fairly subdued. Um, transactions have been fairly light. Now, we think that there, there is going to change this year. Um, credit has, has generally tightened in that market. And we think that, that there will be some asset repricing, which may lead to some potentially new, new buying opportunities in the market. Mm. And uh, let's switch gears to look at your gearing ratios, uh, Russell. You mentioned that uh, the REIT has a prudent capital structure. Your leverage, 36.1%, and 88% of borrowings are on fixed REITs. To what extent does fixed borrowings help you navigate your uncertainties ahead? And will you be able to swiftly renegotiate rates should interest rates come down sometime next year? Maybe not this year, but next year. Yeah, look, that's, that's a great question. Look, um, it, it's really important for, for REIT managers to really um, manage their, their capital structure and balance sheet well, um, particularly in, in uncertain times like today. Um, this level of gearing at, at, at 36% and borrowings hedge at 88% has really provided us with a cushion in terms of rising rates, which has really sort of helped us support our, our distribution profile um, to unit holders. Now, with rates potentially... Uh, um, tapering off this year and potentially declining next year. Mm. Look, we, we are always in, in an active sort of position to, to renegotiate existing facilities if we think the, the, the sort of timing is right for, for um, you know, good interest rates. Right. And Russell, I only have about 30 seconds to go, but uh, before we let you go very quickly, what are some future plans for Ames APEC REIT and FY 2024? What can we look forward to here in Singapore? Right. Look, I think um, look, we're very much focused on, on, on asset management. We've got a quite a number of master lease conversion opportunities that we are pursuing. This will increase our letable area and hopefully increase earnings. We've also got two asset enhancement projects that are underway that will also allow us to attract um, you know, great quality tenants on long-term leases. And we're constantly reviewing investment opportunities in both the Singapore and Australian market that will provide hopefully deep U accretion and incremental earnings.
All right, exciting days ahead. Thanks very much, Russell. That was Russell Ng, CEO at Ames APEC REIT. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.